0: we by law. See terms and conditions, 18 plus. Whit Merrifield back with us. Oh, there it is. Connection's right. looking good. I know, and what's up, Whit? And I know you'd like this, so I'll, I'll just spill this discussion right into you. So, so two parts here, because we were showing Verdugo just fired up after a walk-off for Boston, and he dropped a few F-bombs by accident. Obviously, you're allowed to do it on here, but he was like, oh, my bad. But it's like, wouldn't you rather get that and the raw emotion from a guy who clearly likes to drop a shit or a fuck every once in a while versus like your cookie-cutter vanilla oh, it's was just trying to see the ball and, and hit it, and we got a nice win tonight?
1: Yeah. Yeah, no doubt. I, I think, I mean, it's just genuine, you know? It's not like uh, – I think there was a time – I know when I was coming up, they were, in college especially, our coach always told us to be vanilla, be vanilla in, in interviews. And, you know, that's that's cool. It, it keeps you out of trouble. It keeps you out of saying stupid stuff. But at the same time, that's not really, like, how you're feeling in the moment. And, you know, while it, 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 people – can maybe take something you say and spin it into some some sort of bullshit. I mean, in, in, in the moment, the raw emotion—that's that's awesome. And, and you know, I, I, I loved uh, seeing what Verdugo did last night. You know, I, it, it was pretty cool to see just that genuine excitement come out. You don't, you
2: don't love Verdugo. Don't, don't, don't be putting <laughs> that out there. I know you can't, you can't be loving Verdugo as a AL East guy. But I don't even need to comment on that. You, <laughs> no, let him go. Let no, him no, go. go ahead, go ahead.
1: No, I was just going to say, I I, I said I loved to see what he said, you know. It would have been nice if they lost, but they won. And (laughs) that emotion came out, it was cool.
2: (laughs) No, I want to go to raw emotion. This is something that, like, I know about the story. I was there at the beginning of it, but I don't think that the foul territory crowd and maybe people outside of KC know your almost caught up story. And how that – correlates I know you've told it a ton of times but how that correlates to your dad's story also
1: yeah yeah it's kind of weird it's kind of uh, a, a, kind of a cool uh, well cool uh, it might not be the right word but a unique dy- unique dynamic that happened uh with myself and my dad just kind of a long story short with my dad he was a second rounder uh of wake forest um Two-time ACC Player of the Year, All-American, two-time All-American, was a stud. Uh, drafted second round with the Angels. Got to AAA fairly quickly. Um, was behind Doug Desensei uh, with the Angels. He was the third baseman at the time. My dad was the third baseman. Um, spent three years in, in AAA with the Angels. Uh, got traded to Pittsburgh. Um, he's in Pittsburgh, I believe, in Edmonton, uh, Canada. Is where their tri- AAA was, and um, gets called up. Jim Leland is is the manager. Uh, they go to Pittsburgh. He goes to Pittsburgh. Flies in, you know, cabs over to the field. Gets in there. He's that night. He's batting six, playing first base. Never played first base before, so he's borrowing the guy that he's trying to take the first base job from. He's borrowing his glove. Doesn't have cleats. Borrowing cleats and bats. Goes out there. Uh, takes BP. He's he's in a new organization, so he he said he hits hits for about 15 minutes in front of, you know, their GM, front office, coaches, whatever. Um, comes in game ends up getting rained out. Leland calls him in the office and says, "Hey man, we want to, we want to send you to Florida to work on first base, and then we'll bring you back." Uh, he goes down there, never gets the chance to come back. Uh, the next year, just put on the phantom, I believe, to start the year and uh, ends up retiring. Never, never really enjoyed it, and um, hung it up. I had just been bored, so we wanted to go home and be a father. So, Anyway, he was a big leaguer without ever being a big leaguer. Um, in 2015, for myself, I had spent a couple years in um, AAA, doing, playing pretty well, waiting for my shot. KC had gone to the World Series in 14. Um, in 15, I was the last cut in spring training, hoping I would make the team. Had a really good year at 14, didn't make the team out of camp. Okay, you know, I'm on the radar, I'll get my chance. 2015 in, I think it was June, uh, Alex Gordon goes back. I'm playing left field a lot in Omaha at the time. Alex Gordon goes back on a ball, rips his groin uh, in the third inning. I had just scored, I think it was our third inning as well. Um, And I'm about to go on the field, play defense. Our manager says, hold on, uh, you're out of the game. I, it was kind of like, a, almost like a borderline collision. It was kind of an awkward slide at home. Uh, I was like, no, no, no I'm good. Like, uh, there's no problem. He goes, no, no, you're out of the game. Alex Gordon just got carted off the field. And I was like, oh, shit. All right, cool. Take me out. Yeah, please. <laughs> uh, so for six innings, I was sitting on the bench, knowing what was happening. Everybody on the team knew what was happening. I was getting hugs. Uh, my parents, who were watching, listening to the game, got my family in the car um, started driving to Kansas City because that was where the game was the next day because it was late at night. Uh, sat there for six innings. After the game, I go in the locker room, pack my stuff up, you know, making phone calls, people congratulating me, um, walk out to my car. Our manager runs runs out and goes, hold on, wait, come here. And comes. I, so I drop my stuff in my car, walk back to the manager's office. He goes, hey, the team just called and they uh, decided to change their mind. They're going to bring up a pitcher instead to fill the gap so i uh i was pretty crushed um and you know it was this was june or july and so i think i was i was was playing pretty well I was sitting around 300 at the time um kind of crushed me a little bit and and you know it it, it was my own fault to not handle it better but i ended up not playing great for the next couple months um but still thought you know september was going to come around and i'd get a chance to When rosters expanded to to get the call, September came, never got the call. Uh, That offseason went home with the the full anticipation of of retiring and doing something different. Um, My dad having gone through a similar situation talked to me, and was like, look, I'm not going to fault you if you want to hang it up, but just know if you you hang it up, that's it. You can't put the cleats back on. And I was like, all right, I'll give it another shot. And then, long story short, sixteen came last cut again in spring training went to AAA, but I was there for a month and a half before I got the call. So, kind of a wild ride.
2: Ooh. I was there. I was there in fifteen when you were raking, and just like to see where you're at now. It's super easy.
0: Play for free at Luckylandslots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Boyd were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.
2: But where were you at in a mental state in Omaha when it's freezing cold in 16? In like, especially after you saw everybody get their rings the next year, especially after, you know, all that stuff. Were you in a were you in a clean place or were you
1: like in a was it a dark place? uh it, so 15 was a dark place 15 was a dark place um and then you know w- 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 winning the world series it was great people asked me if i watched it and frankly i didn't um i wasn't really at the time close with anybody on the team you know i hadn't i, I played with a lot of the big leaguers in spring training but none of it none of these guys i was like I had been in a locker room with during the season, so I never really had a good relationship with him yet. So I didn't really watch it because it was just it was it was heartbreaking uh, for me. And then throughout that off season of, of fifteen going to sixteen, I kind of made a little bit of peace with it. And so sixteen was more of a just a uh, all right, we'll see what happens kind of thing. So I it, I wasn't in that bad of a place um i was i got back to that dark place when i got sent down when i was hitting 280 and 16 um and and i think it was august the whole, the month of august i got sent down i was sitting 280 i had just gone like over over uh, i don't know 11 or 12 or something and and one for maybe 20 we had faced like kluber darvish bauer it was like a like four or five straight games of gauntlet pitchers, and I had struggled, and they're like, "Oh, I don't think you're ready for this." And I was like, "I'm hitting 280. Like, I, I can, I can, you do this throughout the course of the year." Anyway, so that kind of put me in a dark place, and then after coming back and killing it in September, I didn't make the team in 17, and that was the darkest place I'd ever been. And I went down, and for I think 12 games in 17, I hit like 480 with I think five home runs in 12 games or something, just. <laughs> I was just angry I was angry all the time and uh but I got back up and and uh, look at me now. You know it makes for it makes it makes for a, a good story because you know not everybody's path is is clean and and not everybody gets to the big leagues and just takes off so everybody's got their own story. I mean, what's strong. up, Whit? I'm gonna I'm gonna take you away from that angry, that, that dark place, brother. I'll get away
3: from that, okay? <laughs> you know, you know, you you you're amongst people that love you. You know,
0: You're amongst people. Who love you. But uh. Yeah, but Jones, nah, we it, need that story. Uh, Sorry, I know you got a question. 100%. We need that story. No, need dude, that. I got from the last 100%. part especially. I got the chills. Like you're yeah. you're, you're thinking about going down and, and and calling it, and Dad's like, I don't know. Like that, that gives me the chills. Like, I, Fantastic it, this sounds so millennial or Gen Z, exactly. But I'm like excited to share that on social media later. For I guarantee you, someone's gonna see that and be like, Yeah, I'm sticking with this, whatever they're doing. 100%. Dude, there's Sorry, David Price. It's just, that David Price me.
3: wanted to quit in college. Like, there's so many stories, that, and it's it's great that because most people don't even talk about it. Like, yeah. you know, but I want to take you to the 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 lights, you know, the new Toronto outfield, whole entire stadium, it yeah. feels like. The energy in that stadium right now with the team, that's that jacket, I don't know if they, the Latins probably spray it down. I don't know if they dry clean it or not too many guys in there. Some eighth, ninth inning home runs might stink a little bit. Uh, but it's just how that transition being there. I mean, going there and, and getting traded there in and in, in the expectations to win right away. Like you guys are
1: everybody's yeah. pick to win the East. Yeah, no doubt. Well, before I get into the team, I, I will break the news to you that we did retire the jacket. The jacket has been officially retired. Uh, I believe we're auctioning it off, um, so right. it's a uh, it's a new it's a new I don't know chapter, with as far as Jackie goes. But no, Toronto is crazy, man. The uh, the city. I mean, I can't even say the city because it's it's you're playing for a whole country. Uh, when we go to places. Um, that border or close to Canada, kind of throughout the, the league, it's all Blue Jay fans. Seattle, Minnesota, Detroit, Pittsburgh, like it's all blue. It's crazy. Um, but the new, what they're doing with the new ballpark, they're bringing um, uh, more entertainment into it, and which is bringing more liquids. And the more <laughs> liquids that people consume, the louder and crazier it gets. I feel bad for the visiting bullpens. I don't know if you guys uh. have gotten like a uh, to look at exactly what we've done, but they raised the bullpens up and they brought the stands closer. I mean, I we are or not we, but the visiting bullpen is you're throwing and you have crazy Canadians probably about five feet from you just yelling at you. It's wild, and and you know it's so far it's been early in the year and. Uh, haven't played. Well, we played Tampa, but like when when New York comes to town and it's late in the year and these games are getting crazy. I mean, it's gonna be ruckus in there. Ruckus is that, is that the right word? That's a word. Uh, yeah, next word. Yeah, there you go. So it, I mean, it's gonna be wild, it, and it's it's cool. The defenses fences were brought in, but kind of raised except for center field. I know you guys probably saw the Kiermaier rob on the first game uh, that we played at home. They they lowered that part of of the outfield, but the uh, fences are brought in, so that's that's great. And uh, <laughs> after playing at Kauffman for my whole career, I'm excited to be in a uh, more hitter-friendly park. Do you think
2: – I've been trying to sell this, and I've been trying to sell it to Yankees fans, Seattle fans, and now you say about how Toronto fans, they're kind of ruckus. Do you think that Toronto fans could adopt the fact that they got the pitch comm in, okay, and the clock is ticking – in a big spots, everybody gets loud, and the stadium should be shaking. They shouldn't be able to hear the pitch calm, ball four, walk to run in. You think Toronto can adopt that, or you think they're, eh, whatever, you know, we're waiting for the hockey season
1: to start. <laughs> no, no doubt, no doubt. I mean, you, could, you couldn't really hear yourself think last year in, the, in, the, in those two wildcard games, and, um, I mean, it's, it's insane, especially when they, they closed the roof. Uh, I, I don't see why that can't be adopted. Now, how how we're going to get that uh, happening, I don't know. Do we need to, like, uh, orchestrate it on the scoreboard or something? And, but I don't know. You know, I, I do have a feeling as this as, uh, as pitch clock becomes more of a of a regular thing, you know, it's like in basketball when you're uh, playing on the visiting uh, your visiting team and the shot clocks running winding down, and the crowd starts chanting five, four, three, two, one when it's really at like twelve. Yep. Uh, I got a feeling that's going to be that's going to start happening a little more often in, in baseball, especially uh, in big games when there's a lot of people there. So it'll be it'll be kind of fun to see. That'd be let's awesome. Go,
2: let's go to rule. Let's go to rules in the Atlantic League. How do you feel about the uh, Atlantic League rules that they're uh, about to roll out for the for the boys up there?
1: I just got asked about this yesterday from a reporter um, with, with us, and I hadn't heard about it until he told me about it. And it's—I uh, don't know. I think I think uh, people that are in charge of our game are a little excited with some of the new rules that we brought in, and now they're like wanting to bring in more rules and do more things. And um, I think it's—I think it's absurd. I think it's just. Way, way too far. We've gone way too far, way too quickly. So, hopefully nothing comes of it. And I'm guessing that one that stands out to you would be the
0: designated runner. So, and, and I'm with you because I'm progressive. I like, I mean, I was a big pitch clock fan for years just because I thought some guys were, were taking it too far with taking 45 seconds between pitches, like especially some of the relievers. But you're going to get to first, then the designated runner is going to come in, you take a seat, then you can come back out. And I'm not a big guy on that hook rule either where it's like, oh, pitchers are gonna hit again because the guy didn't go deep enough. So what do you think about some of the ones that now you you just heard of here and what they're trying out, like specifically on those rules? How would that look?
1: So my, my, my biggest problem with that is there's three parts to being a high quality major league baseball player. You gotta hit, you gotta play defense, and you gotta run the bases. It's why JT Real Muto is head and shoulders above every other catcher in the game. Uh, it's why Paul Goldschmidt is the best first baseman in the game right now because uh, they do everything, and they do everything so well. And if we bring bring on this uh, designated runner rule, it devalues those guys. Uh, it takes away why they're so important to teams and, and, and why they're so good. And um, I think it's just uh, – I think it's just a cop-out in and in a, in a, a loophole way to bring more action into the game instead of instead of advising young kids like you want to be a catcher. Cool, like practice catching, practice hitting, but don't forget about running bases. Don't forget about working on your speed and staying fast and, and doing doing things that that are gonna help uh, your team win. So that's uh, that's kind of where my problem with it is. I think it's the same same thing when it comes to bringing on this automated strike zone uh, I think you're taking away an entire part of the game and, and, and pitch framing i think it's that's that's a huge part of the game and you know to do things just because you know we can we have the technology or, or we have an idea to bring some guy in to run whenever we want you know to, to think that'll help I, I don't i don't think that's correct how is this? How is this possible? You're you're
2: telling me all this stuff. You don't even know about it. You're on the mute rules committee. <laughs> how is this possible?
1: Oh yeah. Well, that's what I, that's what I that's what I told the reporter. I was like, I think it, it tells you kind of uh, where we stand uh, with the league and and where this all is because we haven't even heard about it. They haven't even brought it to us. Um, and at the end of the day, they got six votes. We got four. So there's not much we can do except for go on there and talk to her blue in the face. But at the end of the day, they got six <laughs> votes. So. <laughs> that's my thing with yeah I just
0: I I get that they can overrule you on a committee okay but at least just being a team player and saying hey let's present this and let's talk through it because maybe also you know you're a big leaguer you're playing currently in the bigs running this by you and just talking through some ideas even if they end up disagreeing with you and trying it out at least they spoke about it I just don't understand how that process goes
1: Krasy, AJ, you guys, you, you guys were players, and Scotty, you worked in, in in baseball. Does this surprise you that they haven't run it by us? No, but
3: I'm <laughs> saying my thing is, what if like the Mets? This is my best example because they have the best example of it. If every time Vogelback got on, Lacastro ran, <laughs> that's a big advantage.
2: Yeah, <laughs> that's a big. Yeah. that's uh, a
3: huge no. advantage. Whoa.
2: Well, so it'd be it would be an advantage if you were like, hey, DeGrom, we're going to use our five-foot rule this today. You get to move the mound up five feet, and now you get to throw pellets from five feet closer because we want to, like, hey, come on. <laughs>
1: it's gimmicky. It's gimmicky.
0: It's too gimmicky.
1: It's
3: so gimmicky. They've done enough so far. And
1: there's strategy to it, like, Terrence Gore was an integral part, and Gerard Dyson were integral parts of the Kansas City Royals' uh, success for those two years, because they were on the bench. But you had to strategically figure out when was the good time to bring them in to get that at ninety feet, get that one hundred eighty feet to get in the scoring position. And when they came in the game, they damn well better steal the base because. If they didn't, they were getting burned, and and Billy Butler or Salvi or whoever they pitched ran for was out of the game now. So you better come in, and you better. There's a lot of pressure on you to do your job, and that's a you know that that's an important moment in, in those games. I think Gerard Dyson in the Wild Card game stole stole third, which ended up I think pretty much getting Kansas City to win. But you can't just have that from like the second inning on. It's got to be like. All right. Strategically, true. when's the right time to bring this guy in? And uh, and pinch runners are an important part of the game, but you can't just have them roll roll out there like whenever you want.
2: And, I know. And, true. and and I think not not to belabor this, but like you you mentioned two guys that were on the they were on my team, Rod and G Baby, Terrence Gore. Like one made $15, $20 dollars because he could play in the outfield and he could hit a little bit from the left side, and one. Has has to scrape and claw to make any money in the game in Terrence Score because, like what you said, he he can't do he can't do the other things that that Rod could do in different situations. And I think that's I'm not saying they're doing it money wise. I just think they need to ask. Like, there's a reason that Whit Merrifield's on the competition committee. It's not because you're like, oh man, I want to be I want to be the new nerd in baseball. No, like you're smart and you want to step up and you want to help the game.
1: Yeah. Yeah, no, you're right. Uh, I wish they would. uh, I don't know. This is, this is all just kind of come at us from yesterday. Uh, We haven't even had a chance to talk to the other guys in the committee yet. Uh, It's, Mm -hmm. it's it's weird. I'm not sure how much traction this has from the league's point of view, but it can't have any right now, really, if you're not going to at least run by us or bring it up to us.
0: Just to lighten it for a second, maybe it's a dad joke, but maybe the freeze in Atlanta petition because he wants to make it to the bigs. And they're like, okay, we're going to figure something out for you, bud. We are going to get you in the freaking big leagues somehow.
1: Um, but but that's there's the one best. more. That's the best mid-inning uh, thing that they do. It's, it's, it is. So
0: but that's what mid-innings are for, gimmicks. And that stuff's fun. But then yeah. there's still a game. Like, you're playing the NBA – if you're a 3-point specialist, you still got to play defense. If you're the worst defender ever, you're not going to be in the NBA. You can't just drain threes. There's guys that can't Myron win.
3: Noodleman needs his major league debut. Who? Is that Myron Noodleman, Noodleman
0: needs his major league <laughs>
3: debut.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Wait, there's one more from that just from a rule perspective, single disengagement cuz I'm like, can we entice wit into into one of the ones they're trying even though obviously, you haven't even gotten to digest it much. You're seeing Two disengagements, and then it's a balk after that, and it's creating a lot of stolen bases. Do we need to go to
1: one? Is it even worth testing? Or you feel like is the sweet spot? I mean, well, I, I don't know the numbers, but I know we, we've got more stolen base attempts than ever, right? Like at least in the last thirty years, from for the first one uh, of almost month of the season. How much more do we want? Like. Or we try to get every anytime you get on base, or they want us to just start running. Uh, It's, I mean, two is fine. Two is plenty. Two is, two is a big advantage. If if a guy picks over one time, you know he's probably not coming over again. So you have a good, a good lean to second base now, and a good get get a chance to get a good jump on on this, And, and that's that's what we're we're going for, right? We're going for more. You feel like. As a runner, you you have more of an advantage now than the pitcher because he can only pick over twice. And to take it to one already, we've we've done this for three weeks. Like, what are <laughs> we doing? Yeah, I, I gotta I
2: gotta I gotta bring some of the emotion so you can look outside and see your sunny day that you have. Tell walk us walk us through the whole KC coming back to KC and how they treated you and what that felt like. And were there any tears? Have you cried?
1: Nice. No, I didn't, I I didn't, I didn't cry. Uh, no, it was, it was cool. Uh, we got there, we came from St. Louis, so we got in at a good hour. Um, and I got to go out and see a bunch of my old teammates, you know, go have some beers with them and, um, spend some time with them. So got to, got to do that early. Um, got to the field early on Monday. Uh, I got to see, you know, training staff, front office coaches, uh, staff members, clubbies, all, all the people that that I really had been with throughout my whole time in KC. Uh, so I got to see them early on Monday. Um, I went, actually went playing in the game Monday, so I got to spend most of the day knocking all that out. And um, First time I stepped on the field Tuesday playing, it was a little odd, um, got a nice ovation. Uh, and then after about the first or second inning, it was it, it didn't feel as weird to me anymore. So. It was uh, it was nice to get back. It was more of like a instead of being weird, it was just more like a comfort, you know, like somewhere you had been a long time. So there was like a comfortability and playing in that stadium. But um, no, I definitely felt like 100%. That was 100% of Blue Jay, and so that was that was a nice surprise. I mean, this interview is like
0: all the feels right now. All the damn feels. That was that was <laughs> cool. Wait, I didn't get booed, so
1: that was good. I was, I was kind of concerned I was going to get booed. <laughs> they better
0: not. It's not Yankee fans, Royal
2: fans. No freaking way. How are Royal fans, Kratzy? They're the best. They're, the, they're so Midwest. They're loud too. Don't, don't, don't sneak yeah. on the Royals. They are like, you want to go see a place? That's a place to watch a game for real.
1: Okay, yeah, like back in sixteen don't... when we were sixteen to seventeen, we were, uh, you know, we we didn't make the playoffs, but we were right there. And some of those Friday night firework nights it was i mean it was rocking so yeah uh, hopefully one day they can get back to that but um it was it was it's a cool place that's why i'm like keep it i mean we can
0: get into it another time but i'm like i mean i know they're looking into the downtown thing i'm like they got a good thing going it's like a classic ballpark i like it there but um wit awesome having you on we'll have you on again soon obviously appreciate the time dude good luck this week we'll talk to you in a few weeks dude no doubt see you fellas Hey, BetMGM is running an MLB Bet $10 Get $100 Instantly promo when you use the bonus code SPICYMLB. You can get this offer in four easy steps. Sign up and deposit at least $10 into your newly created account. Download the BetMGM Sportsbook app on iOS or Android. Place a pregame Moneyline wager of at least $10 on any MLB team to win at standard odds price then you will receive $100 in bonus bets instantly. If you sign up in Massachusetts or Ohio, you will receive $200 in bonus bets. Just remember to use the bonus code SPICYMLB. Gambling problem? Call one 800 gamb With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere.